Hey, Noel, uh, you like Ron Howard? <laughs> yeah? Who doesn't like Ron Howard? How about his brother, Clint Howard? <laughs> you like Clint Howard? Um, I mean, Ron Howard directed my favorite childhood movie. Uh, I think we've talked about it before. <laughs> Willow. Fucking Willow. Uh, yeah, yeah. I love it. Um, Clint Howard... Uh, Star, well, not not stars, but acts in all of Ron Howard's. <laughs> I, say. I don't want to say there's some nepotism going on there, but uh, or is it some nepotism of your brothers, or is it? Yeah, only for children? oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely nepotism. Any kind of family reaction there. Um, but apparently, most well known for starring in horror films. So I okay, so I knew about this movie, the movie that we are discussing today. But you were the one who told me that he appears in two of the Silent Night, Deadly Night sequels, of which there are many. Yeah, so I think he's in four and five. So this might, I think we've only watched one and two for the podcast. I mean, I don't know if we're going to do any more Silent Night, Deadly Night for the cast, but uh, I'm up for watching uh, him in those movies oh at some point. I think that'd be fun. I don't know how far in the Silent Night, Deadly Night rabbit hole we want to go, but uh, I guess we should probably leave that door open. Welcome to Bad Movies and Beer. I'm Cooper. And I'm Nolan. And in this very... Very special bonus episode. We are taking a look at the Clint Howard starring movie, Ice Cream Man. Yeah. Um, I mean, the title itself uh, already sounds pretty awesome. A lot of the horror movies we've watched have had ice cream trucks in them or that creepy sound, right? Like, that's something that I think is sort of common to the genre though those trucks are kind of creepy so why not make a movie out of it sure i mean it'd be a great cover if you are trying to abduct children i mean it's basically a siren song to them right (laughs) or uh in the case of this movie it's uh just like the pied piper god damn they referenced that so many times they just keep going back to it like we get it it's a pied piper Uh, metaphor jesus christ But what a perfect time of year for this, too. It's the middle of the summer. It's hot as fuck. Yeah, this is the time to be talking about ice cream. It's ice cream weather. And we've got a perfect beer to go along with this. I am really excited to try this. Uh, It's called the Little Scoop. It's a Neapolitan Imperial Stout. Oh, those are two words that I am not a huge fan of, Neapolitan and Imperial. Oh, you don't like Neapolitan ice cream? So I'm one of those people who uh, I would eat the chocolate and vanilla section and leave the other one because I don't like strawberry, right? What? You know this about me. We've been over Uh, this. Strawberries are my least favorite food, which is a very unpopular opinion. Yes. Because of that, Neapolitan is essentially just chocolate vanilla and you throw out a third of it. Oh, God, no. So for me, it was always just the chocolate and the strawberry. I could care less over the vanilla in there. It's not like they put good vanilla in the Neapolitan ice cream, right? They, like, just throw in whatever. (laughs) I'm I'm sure it depends (laughs) on where you get it from, but I'll take your word for it. That's fair. But I'm excited for this. Uh, So this is from a cool brewery called Prince Eddie's. And they're out in Prince Edward County in Picton, I think, um, based on the name. I guess you could kind of guess that. <laughs> it seems like a pretty funky place. They have a ton of different beers, lots of different styles. Looks like they like to experiment. It sounds like the place itself has a really cool tap room and patio. They even have a volleyball court and like a whole bunch of oh, that's sports cool. and stuff. Yeah, so man. sounds like it'd be a really fun trip. So I, I would like to maybe take a visit to Prince Eddie's. This would be my first beer from them, though. So I'm excited to try it. Not going in light here at 10% ABV Neapolitan Imperial style. But what we've got working for us, and you mentioned the name of the beer is Lil Scoop. This can is tiny and adorable. Yeah, 250 mils. Really, really cute. we got to take a picture of that and put it with the uh, picture of the beer. For sure. It's you. not even like a regular size can. It's almost like, I guess it's like two-thirds. But this thing's tiny. If I hold Stubby it in my can. hand, it disappears. 
<laughs> oh, like other things. Huh? So yeah. <laughs> so so yes, it's a high ABV, but it's a low uh, low volume. So we'll see how that goes. I, I you know I'm excited to try it. What the hell, right? It's a new brewery for me too. So hey, why don't we give it a shot? It's the summer. Let's drink some ice cream. Absolutely. We fade into an idyllic black and white neighborhood, or so it seems, as randomly a car pulls up and machine guns a friendly neighborhood ice cream man. This came out of nowhere. (laughs) No backstory. What did this poor ice cream man do to deserve getting mowed down? We never find out. But this is like this weird, like, leave it to beaver, like the old black and white. Everything's beautiful, fresh cut lines, and all of a sudden gunfire. And there's much commotion at this point, but one child seems oddly unaffected. He sits down right next to the dead body and opens up an ice cream pop, seemingly unfazed. He is pretty phased. Se- I seemingly mean, unfazed. I, yeah, I seemingly. mean, he's kind of fucked up by this whole situation, but I guess ice cream was more important than the dead man in front of him. He's got blood in his hair, and he he pushes up ice cream from a pop? Yeah, it's like one of those push pops. Yeah, I, I don't remember eating those uh, growing up. Did you have a lot of push pops? Uh, I knew they were a thing, but they weren't really a thing I was interested in. Um, but they were around. Yeah, he's his mom is very concerned about him, but I think he even says to her, he says... Yes, what is it, my little thing? Who's going to bring me ice cream, mommy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. She just deadpans, and the ice cream's important. And we know right away who is going to be the serial killer in our horror movie. Oh, it's 100% that little kid. And from there, we transition to the present day where a different child is playing an extremely 90s video game when he hears the unmistakable sound of the ice cream man and he grabs some money from his mom's wallet and runs outside. Yeah, she scolds him um, for taking money out of her wallet without uh, her sort of giving permission to what it is. But when you hear that ice cream truck come a-calling, you got to go running after it. Otherwise, you're going to miss out. Uh, the ice cream truck guy, though, is a little bit weird here. Yeah, the uh, kids, Rogers, this kid's name, by the way, the him and the other kids quickly realize that something is off with this guy as he demands that they say please before he'll give them ice cream. And also, he's got cockroaches and mice all over his truck. But one of the kids brushes it off by being like, well, good ice cream is good ice cream, thus proving a theory of mine, kids are dumb. <laughs> I mean, if you really want ice cream, does it matter how creepy the guy serving it to you is? I mean, the kids don't see the roaches and mice, but if I saw that, I would be getting the fuck out of there and never going back. Well, yeah, because it would be an indication of like a health issue with the truck. Um, but we are told very quickly that all is not right. And we also get our first introduction to uh, Clint Howard here. Yeah, exactly. And uh, he's doing a real subtle, restrained performance. It's nothing too... (laughs) (laughs) He's so, like, deranged right from the jump. I think he, like, he loves this shit. Like, he must love acting like this based on, like, the way he leans into it. And it doesn't seem like he has to try that hard, right? He just sort of... Like, leans a little creepy. He's kind of a weird-looking dude, right? He is. I think that helps. And, yeah, it seems like he can just turn it on, like, flipping a switch. Um, We see a group of friends now. They call themselves the Rocketeers. And they head to the park where they bump into another friend. This kid is, like, the poor man's Macaulay Culkin. And we learn later that his name is Small Paul. I really enjoyed that for some reason. (laughs) Poor Small Paul. You're right. He kind of looks like Macaulay Culkin from My Girl. He's got the same kind of style and looks and hair. So Frailty. It, there's a frailty to him. Yeah, it feels kind of the same way. So, yeah, Small Paul's funny. The, it's funny they call themselves the Rocketeers. These are like, I don't know, they feel like they're 
out on the streets, these kids are ready to like take names, right? Like they have this kind of weird organization <laughs> well, that not, has rockets. Yeah, they're they're like a gang. They're just like kids who like model rockets, I guess. I know, but they also feel like they have some like extra adventure to them. They have their own berets and shit, and like that, yeah, that comes <laughs> up later. Uh, yeah, this kid they bump into, Small Paul, he's reading the story of the Pied Piper, which we already said is mentioned a million times in this. And a creepy old man pops up to tell them that in the real story, all the kids die. What did you think of uh, this old man here? Yeah, I, I was having trouble telling whether this guy was going to harm them. Like, they make it look based on the shot that the old man is going to kind of go harm a child while he's on his own. He gets up there, and then, yeah, he tells them that the good story has all the kids killed after the rats yeah. are drowned. And you're like, oof, God, like, is this a prophetic old drunk? Like, I knew, I knew you were going to that. That's one of your theories, and yeah. you fucking love the prophetic old, like, homeless or whatever guy. And I, I, for a second, maybe. I mean, I guess, you know, well, none of the kids really die in this. Spoiler alert. No, but, they're kind of yeah. putting you away from that, right? Like, yeah. this guy is telling the wrong story about what's happening. Yeah, he. Uh, this guy has works in the park or something. He's picking up garbage, one of those, like, uh trash stick things with the point on the end this causes the ice cream man to flash back to some sort of experiment or therapy where someone jams a needle into his brain and injects a neon green solution and at this point i don't know where this backstory is going but i cannot wait to find out <laughs> and there's something that keeps getting repeated right every day is a happy day happy happy day happy happy, happy, happy days day. yeah so it is a creepy flashback we know we're going to see more of that we are already getting an understanding of maybe where our character's coming from. He yeah, maybe just a little bit. This is possibly... He, he witnesses an ice cream murder, and then he's yeah. also sent to uh, a place to get therapy that is injecting something into his brain. Those dots are not hard to connect for why he ends up the way he ends up. But we never find out what the green stuff is. It's like neon green. It's like the ooze from Ninja Turtles. And we get nothing out of it. Yeah, it either looks like it's something that the Joker would be involved in, or you're right, it could be like the Ninja Turtle ooze. I mean, we can agree. It doesn't work. Whatever it is, it does not make him a functional member of society. I mean, he doesn't murder children, and he lives around ice cream, so there's something there. He murders other people. So that... uh, that kid from the beginning, Roger, asked the ice cream man if he's feeling okay, because I guess this flashback has made him kind of weird looking, and he says yes, but then he goes and murders his landlord slash neighbor's dog. He calls her Nurse Wharton, and she refers to him as such a nice boy, so is she one of the people involved in brain injection backstory? I had so many questions at this point. Yeah, um, it's funny because in here, he sort of pops a knife out of a push pop, like, I think that they set this up. I bet the sort of uh, props, props department, department had yeah. a lot of fun with that one, right? They got to put a knife that pulled out of a push pop, and he used it to murder the dog that was barking and annoying him. Very quickly, we kind of determined that she is the woman from his backstory. She's kind of his guardian, the one who's looking out for him, but she doesn't seem altogether herself here. No, there's something off about her, and their relationship is really weird also. Like, could you see a scenario where some nurse who treats you in some funky psych hospital ends up being your landlord slash neighbor slash kind of surrogate mother figure? Yeah, they even call her his guardian, right? So it is a strange thing. I The guardianship, I guess, makes sense, but... This hospital, whatever it is, there he's at is really fucked, and we're going to see more of it later. No, yeah, it is for sure. We cut from there to a family dinner, and it is a family of terrible actors. (laughs) In the course of this dinner, we find out that uh, Roger never made it home from the park, and I'm no uh, detective, but I suspect the ice cream man had something to do with it. I don't know. I was kind of getting weird vibes from that guy, you know? 
<laughs> Why would you be getting weird vibes from him? Huh? Yeah, <laughs> maybe it has to do with the fact that he's sleeping outside on his own fucking front lawn slash garden, or maybe it's the weird flashback dream he has of Nurse Wharton feeding him giant spoonfuls of ice cream while a clown dances around saying "Happy, happy, happy." I don't know. It's a toss-up. One of those two things, probably. I don't see how any of those things would make you messed up at all. I just think that's, like, great therapy. It's a very normal childhood that yeah, we're seeing here, for yeah, sure. I think so. I think that's wonderful. <laughs> um, so the kid is missing, and, yeah, that's got people thrown off. They are worried uh, about where he could be, but we're not sure. Well, the cops are investigating, too, and uh, they decide to put the ice cream man on the case. We got a missing kid. Thought maybe you might have seen something. Little guy never made it home from the park last night. Have any leads? It's classified, Ice Cream Man. It's classified. All we want you to do is keep your eyes open for us. Sure. Who am I looking for? Anything strange. Which is just hilarious in hindsight. But first, they ask him for some ice cream. And as he scoops it out for them, we see that many of the ice cream containers in his truck are full of blood, entrails, and assorted viscera. And in fact, he puts an eyeball in the cop's ice cream cone, and he eats it. <laughs> yeah, they, they spend quite a bit of time on this. This is another props department moment, I think, where they sort of, he takes an ice cream scooping tool and like carves into an eyeball and jams it with his fingers into the ice cream. The thing that I found most off-putting about this entire situation was how fucking runny the ice cream was. Yeah, it's it's got very poor consistency in the whole movie. Anytime he pulls the ice cream, it's dripping all over his hands and the yeah. floor. It's very runny. And is this an intentional choice? Do they have freezers that are not cold enough or don't work well enough? Like, I want my scoop to be scoop-shaped. I don't want it to be dripping everywhere until I've taken it out into the hot, sunny day. You think this is like a subtle thing to make the audience uncomfortable? Maybe, because oh, it worked on me. Wow, some <laughs> clever thought there by the production team uh, they spend a lot of time on this eyeball in the ice cream uh and they even like have a sh like close-up i don't know if yeah. yeah in of the it's in his mouth and he's like he's kind of chewing all around it and like i don't whatever kind of ice cream it was i've never eaten an eyeball before but i feel like it wouldn't feel like a thing that's supposed to be an ice cream but this dude just chews right through it no problem and it is right we're right in the mouth basically in the camera shot the like continuity error is that he doesn't take the iris of the eye when he like pops it with the tool. Yeah. But you can definitely clearly see the iris in the guy's mouth, but you know. Makes a better shot, I think. Now, the ice cream man's next customer is a hot lady who inexplicably pushes her way to the front of the line to ask the ice cream man to deliver some hard pack to her house. What is happening here? <laughs> This is weird. This woman, uh, I think she's previewed before, right? We get a little shot of her with one of the kids' fathers. I think the kids' fathers. Oh yeah, the kids, mom, kids right? definitely having an affair with this hot lady. Yeah, and this lady asked for the hard pack. I guess hard pack is another term for just ice cream. Oh well, <laughs> both right? I guess. Yeah. yeah, ice cream. Yeah, so she asked for him to deliver a tub of it to her, and let's see. He says he's too busy right now, but maybe he'll come through later. So we have like a Clint Howard fetish. It's not a thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, she she places her order, and after menacingly serving some kids more ice cream from his murder truck, the ice cream man stares down her house as we get another flashback. We find out that the place he was in as a child is a sanitarium called the Wishing Well Hospital, which is where those uh, neon injections and spoon feeding slash clown dancing took place. And despite her coming out in the porch to kind of give the ice cream man the go-ahead sign, he speeds away. 
Sexual dysfunction? <laughs> you think that's what's causing all of this? It's a um, common thing in a lot of serial killers, right? I wasn't getting that right away. I think that they are suggesting a whole bunch of possibilities for why he's going on this rampage, though. Right? It, it keeps having things where kids not getting home in time are having issues, or a lot of the families of the children that we're featuring are kind of dysfunctional or weird. Um, and I, I think that in some ways there was almost a commentary on like the loss of the family or loss of like children following rules. God, I mean, you were reading so much into this. Good for you. This is a fantastic film criticism by you, Noel. <laughs> uh, speaking of these families, the girl in the Rocketeers, Heather, we find out that she has a mom who is suffering some kind of mental illness, which her father claims is the angel Gabriel speaking through her. And I thought that in an already odd movie, this seemed oddly out of place. Yeah, it was weird. She was, I guess, speaking in tongues and kind of like frothing and talking. And obviously the child was like, what the fuck? And just leave. She's like, I, I don't want any business with that. But her dad was all got a huge heart on about it. Well, he's a priest or a minister, we find out. So yeah. he, he really is looking at this as like some kind of divine something instead of just his wife having like a screw loose. But uh, it's a weird, weird scene and kind of like an odd subplot as we go through this. Now, the three boys in the Rocketeers, they kind of go their separate ways. And great value Macaulay Culkin stumbles upon the ice cream man. It seems like they're kind of bonding over both being sick as children. Turns out that uh, poor man's Macaulay Culkin's kind of an indoor kid. But things take a dark turn when the old man's trash stick falls out of the truck. They kind of like, no like Macaulay Culkin notices it, looks back at the ice cream man. They have this kind of like tense moment. And the next time we see him, the ice cream man's dragging him into his truck. Yeah, things are not looking good for Small Paul here. He's he's in trouble, even though they were kind of becoming friends. And the one thing that they have kind of depicted, and it continues throughout, is that this ice cream man really is kind of stuck in his childhood. He's not acting like an adult, so he's almost, in a way, looking for friends. And I thought for a second he was kind of fine one in Small Paul until that sort of bloody stick showed up and... He knew he was kind of caught. Uh, who sees this all go down? Who sees Small Paul get yanked into there? Well, so this is uh, one of the members of the Rocketeers who, like, okay, you tell me. He's supposed to be a fat kid, and they call him Fat Kid a bunch. But I don't think that's a real fat kid. I think he's, like, wearing a suit they've padded up. He definitely was. He has the skinniest face ever, yet he has this bulky, like, undershirt thing. It's clear that that's not really part of his body. Uh, they call him Tuna which is kind of funny, and yeah. they, they make fun of uh, him smelling like fish a lot. So Tuna sees uh, Small Paul get yanked into the truck, and of course he runs off to tell his parents, but they're too busy uh, getting a divorce. Well, they are, and actually the ice cream man sees him running off and yells out one of my favorite lines in the whole movie. He says, You little turds are going to have to learn you can't run from the ice cream man. I know where you live. <laughs> Those turds are definitely going to learn that before the movie's over, right? I loved it, too. He said, I know where you live, yeah, right? He, he drives around. So I, I really liked that line, too. I thought that was one of the better written or performed ones in this movie. Definitely. So as you mentioned, that fake fat kid goes home and sees his parents arguing. But on the way, he bumps into Roger, that kid who was reported missing. Turns out he's actually alive. He's been hiding in some bushes this whole time instead of going home for some reason. He was scared. He yeah. he witnessed the first murder, I think. He sees the ice cream man taking out that old creepy dude who was uh, talking about drowning children. Yeah, so this uh, fake fat kid tries to tell his family all of this, but they're too busy arguing about all the affairs. So uh, he heads up to his room, and just so the kid knows the ice cream man was serious, the truck cruises past his house. And he, just so the kid knows he's super serious, the next morning, uh, he comes outside to find that his shoes are filled with ice cream ants and worms. <laughs> this, uh, <laughs> and I had this thought, this all kind of seems like oddly low stakes so far. For the children? Like, not a lot of real tension or menace, I feel. No, it. there is a lot of levity in this, right? Like, it, it seems like... It, 
it is more supposed to be funny than like scary or thriller. And I think in some ways this has been billed as a comedy horror, right? I mean, I think so. Uh, we'll certainly see evidence of that in a second. From there, we head to the grocery store. You mentioned there's a grocery store scene where this kid is there with his mom and he bumps into the ice cream man. I love this. They have a tense moment before the ice cream man turns aggressively and they hit the immediate music note, which launches us into a grocery store chase. And this chase is ridiculous. <laughs> I have some favorite parts from it. Me too. Uh, when the kid falls uh, and crashes oh, into... God damn it. I think it was a stack of toilet paper rolls and they all fall on top of him. It's a display shelf. Yeah, yeah. And it lands on him. That was funny. It didn't even look a little bit realistic. No. And then there's another point where he he kind of gets away far enough after confusing another woman for his mother who clearly isn't. He crawls underneath one of those produce tables, the ones that kind of stick out and have an indent underneath. He crawls underneath there to hide. And then he manages at that point while the ice cream man is like standing over top of him to sneak away on a cart being pushed by an employee. Yeah, which like the employee just keeps, doesn't even notice there's a kid on there. He just like just keeps pushing the cart. Why is this cart suddenly 130 pounds heavier? No idea. The kid's arms and legs are hanging out. Nobody notices and he crawls away. It's absurd. I think my favorite part might be when uh, the ice cream man is chasing him. Some hot lady stops Clint Howard's bloodthirsty pursuit to ask him what he thinks of a lipstick color. And I was like, <laughs> come on, man. That hot lady's not talking to Clint Howard. That would never happen in real life. Yeah, and he, like, thinks about it for a minute and then tells her to buy all of them. <laughs> He's like, buy a dozen. It looks great on you. Yeah. Yeah, that, that part is pretty funny, too. Uh, there's a lot of interesting camera angles in this scene, yeah. too, which is fun. I think that's one of the things I like about the horror genre is they want different perspective on that flea or that chase or the things that happen the weirdest part about this whole thing well there's two things i want to mention the other one was did you see what he was buying clint howard was whipped were, cream yeah he had all, all the, the whipped, whipped cream, cream yeah. which is amazing um but where does the kid end up at the end of this chase where does he decide to hide well he runs into like the butcher area like where they cut up all the meat and stuff the meat freezer who yeah. what if you want <laughs> yeah. to find a non-scary place in the grocery store you don't run into the fucking meat freezer yeah, the fucking butcher looks scarier than the ice cream man and he does come up the butcher's the one who finds him and apologizes tells him he's not in trouble and then they uh like take him into the grocery store office where they talk to his mother yeah well the mom comes in to get him and uh he tells her about the ice cream man and what happened to small Paul. And this brings the heat down on the ice cream man. The next day, the cops come and raid his home slash ice cream factory. I wasn't totally sure what this building was. It seemed like it was an old diner almost where he also makes the ice cream. But because he has the ice cream truck, he he never even serves that of there. He just uses the kitchen to make his goods. Well, the cops come in and they completely trash this place. They don't find anything. Although there is some kind of giant cutting machine with all kinds of blades that they do ask him about. And he's like, I use that to chop nuts. And they're just like, okay. So I get the impression that maybe this is not exactly a crack team of detectives. Well, they're just in there breaking a bunch of glass. They don't manage to find Small Paul, who is hidden away in that place. Oh my god, man. I know. The second they leave, he moves like two tubs, and there's a secret entrance to a room that Small Paul's in. How the fucking cops miss this makes no sense. Yeah, they, they do a horrible job of looking at this. I don't know if this is how, like, crack police work worked in the 90s like maybe this is what it looked like uh this was released in the 90s is it supposed to take place earlier it seems like it maybe it's supposed to take place a little bit earlier you know we had this conversation tonally it's weird it does not really read like a 1995 movie um so maybe they were trying to make it in that kind of 80s horror vein but yeah it's definitely strange 
But I had this thought as well. At this point, the ice cream man has really only killed that creepy old park guy and a dog. So maybe he's just a bad guy after all, you know? Well, yeah, I'm getting kind of Silent Night, Deadly Night vibes here. Maybe this guy only is taking out people who are a problem to children. Right? Oh, he's justified in what he's doing. He's oh, making no. people happy, right? His goal is to make children happy. And what could be a better thing than that? Well, and you know what? Kind of to your point, after another quick flashback to the sanitarium and a surprisingly nice conversation with small Paul, he has a nice little chat with him. Uh, we get a quick church scene where that uh, Heather girl's father preaches, followed by the three remaining members of the Rocketeers spotting the ice cream man and deciding that they're the only ones who can bring him down. And at this point, I'm like, is this secretly a kid's movie? I'm getting three ninjas vibes here. Yeah, absolutely. It does feel like that now, right? We're getting that idea. Like a Goonies thing almost? Yeah, too, that kind of thing. definitely. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I'm getting that feeling as well. So uh, the way they decide to deal with this is that night they get dressed up in dark clothes, eye black, and berets. And armed with headset walkie-talkies and their model rockets, they set out to catch the ice cream man in the act. But first, they hide behind their bikes as he drives by in a way that would not actually hide them at all. Like, fuck, guys. At least get behind some bushes or something. They're in the middle of the road. It's like a well-lit street. (laughs) Out in the open, and they kind of crouch behind their bikes. God damn. If the ice cream person even looked left, he would have seen all of them, and they would have been caught. But they don't, and so they're going to follow him. And where does he head that night? He heads to a cemetery, and he's carrying a large bag. We also see the police are there. They're telling him as well. So maybe they aren't complete morons after all. That large bag, we assume that small Paul is in there, as the kids. But that's not what's in there. He opens the bag up, and what it is is ice cream. He's bringing ice cream to a party in the cemetery. Well, not a party in the cemetery. The party is really in his head. But, uh, like, he's got this ice cream that he lays down on a grave There is a ton of childhood trauma happening here. Yeah, so this is clearly the grave of the ice cream man who was killed in front of him, right? This is the ice cream king's grave. We learned that. I think the first time we learned it is on the gravestone. Butch Brickle is his name. Butch Brickle. And uh, so he's throwing sort of a remembrance or party for him. I don't know if it is his birthday, I guess, right? Or or the anniversary of his death or whatever it is. Um, But what's weird is he starts talking to people in the cemetery. Yeah. And like talking to multiple people and saying it's getting busy. We haven't seen any scenes of him like seeing voices or hearing anything else before, right? It was just a kid with like a strange justice or not a kid, (laughs) but like an ice cream man with a strange sense of justice. And now we're getting like, he's really got some loose strings going on here that we don't know about. He does. Yeah. The kids see him and are like, what the fuck? And truthfully, that's what I was saying to him. Like, what the hell is going on here? Uh, But yeah, he leaves like an ice cream bouquet on this grave and kind of walks away. From there, the ice cream man heads to that hot lady's house. So it looks like he's looking to get his cone dipped. What do you think, Noel? Extra whipped cream and nuts? <laughs> he's ready to deliver the hard pack. He's, um, <laughs> he's going to pack it hard, all right. Uh, <laughs> we, we have an overload of organ music, and uh, he's ready to... <laughs> There's so much organ. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he shows up there, and when he gets there, who does he see kind of uh, at the house there? Well, he sees that kid's dad, right? So while he's getting a double scoop of ass, Heather sneaks into his truck alone and starts taking pictures of the various bloody, disgusting things she finds there. Now, just then, the ice cream man returns to the truck and drives away, and we're left to wonder whether or not Heather made it out. For about 30 seconds, and we find out she's safe at home. I feel like they could have milked that more, you know? Build some suspense. Yeah, I wrote in my notes that she was fucked, and then, like, immediately after, like, I wasn't even (laughs) finished the sentence. She was back in her bed, and everything was cool. Just a waste of you writing is what that was. Yeah, I know. Like, the ink and the hand time there. There you go. So the Rocketeers have put themselves in a bad position here. 
This is the second time they've gone to the cops claiming that the ice cream man has killed a kid because they also go to think they think they got Heather, right? Uh, but both kids have turned up alive. So they're kind of boy who cried wolfing themselves. But Heather is convinced the pictures, once developed, because, you know, the 90s, will clear this up once and for all. She heads the next day to the store to get them developed, and we have kind of a, I thought, a funny interaction with the clerk at the store going over the prices and speed at which you can develop uh, photos. He's just a weirdo, but it's very uh, educational for anyone who didn't develop film in the 90s of how this process worked. (laughs) I remember having annoying conversations about how everything was advertised as one hour, but it takes longer and costs more. Uh, I guess I'm that old. Sorry, were you also trying to develop sex photos like we see in the... (laughs) (laughs) Well, we noticed that the one kid in the Rocketeer, the old brother the team brother is quite upset that his camera was taken and that those pictures are being developed because we know they're his photos they're bank shots yeah we find that out later yeah man if only they had gotten some pictures of the next scene because that fake fat kid's dad you know the one having all his affairs he is having an affair with that hot lady who propositioned the ice cream man earlier and when the ice cream man sees this he is not happy so what he does is he blocks the guy's car in and when he comes to complain the ice cream man burns his face with a waffle iron in what was actually a pretty good scene but not as good as the next scene (laughs) this waffle iron like waffle ironing is hilarious because the guy kind of opens the back of the truck right as the hot waffle iron hits him in the face hey ice cream Come on, let's go. I'm in a hurry here. Yo, come on, this isn't a parking lot. Hey, ice cream man. We have those great, like, makeup grill marks on his face. They actually do a really good job with this here. Um, And then they cut to black, and we know he's not going to be in a good place. And we find out rather quickly how bad a place he's in. God, man, this is incredible. The uh, ice cream man returns to this lady's house and knocks on her front door. She's just open for business, by the way. And as she seductively walks away from the door, he steps in holding an enormous ice cream cone. Only, instead of ice cream, it's the dude's head with a little ice cream on top. He put a little ice cream hat on. (laughs) I was most impressed with the size of the waffle cone he crafted. Well, how did he get a waffle cone that big? He made it. Oh, this waffle iron is not big enough for that. thing was yeah, massive. No, he crafted this amazing waffle cone back there after chopping the head <laughs> off. And I was very impressed with those skills. That's some great waffle cone creating. Oh, my God. I mean, this scene's incredible. He, she gives a first-rate horror movie scream as he slashes at her. And we get a shot of blood spraying across his face. Man, this is great shit. He is cleaning up the town. This guy is all about children and family values. This is what I'm learning, right? He keeps sort of like (laughs) taking the kids who are out after dark and he's trying to clean up the town. He's like taking on the like fathers who are cheating on people. He doesn't like this woman who's willing to hard pack whoever or take the hard pack from whoever. She doesn't get hard pack from anybody. Yeah, exactly. So he's cleaning it up, man. He doesn't (laughs) like old guys who are threatening children. He doesn't like dads who are cheating on their wives. And he doesn't like the slutty lady. Like this guy's just making delicious (laughs) ice cream and cleaning up the town. You heard it here first, everyone. Ice cream man is for the children. That's what Noel's saying. Uh, From there, he, who, by the way, he's clearly training small Paul to be the next generation of ice cream man. He dissolves their two bodies in his giant ice cream vat. When he dumps it at the end, all that's left of them are her two earrings, the dad's wedding ring, and her diaphragm, which is hilarious to me. I laugh my ass off when he sits down her (laughs) diaphragm from there. I was like, there's definitely a commentary about... Uh, how sexual she is, for sure. I was like, is that a female condom? <laughs> anyway, the uh, <laughs> the cops still following that hunch from earlier. Check out the sanitarium where Nurse Wharton worked and the ice cream man spent his childhood. It's basically a haunted house at this point with all kinds of broken lights, debris, crazy scribbles on the wall, and the inmates literally running the asylum. 
the only other guy we saw in a doctor slash administrative role has been head needled and left laying and the cops have to get the hell out of there, which they do very slowly. This scene is so weird to me. I don't really understand either its inclusion or execution. I I guess you'd want to go see some more backstory on this ice cream man or you'd try to find some more records if you couldn't find it. It was really weird how far the cops let this go. I don't understand why they followed so far into this place. And then they decide to split up. And then they walk out as incredibly slow as possible. It almost had the feeling of a like early zombie movie. All the people were kind of like wandering around, kind of grabbing towards the police officers. But none of them, like one of them took a swing and we got a couple of punches. Oh and God, those were cop. some of the worst punches I've ever yeah. seen in my life. This cop threw some bullshit punches. Um, but yeah, they're just walking and they're just taking their time getting out of there. It was the longest 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah. It, 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 it was actually was like this, three minutes, but it, it felt, like, felt like that. Was this, this your padding scene? Was this a hundred percent? This is yeah. padding. Are you kidding me? I'll call that out at the end, but I'm calling it now too. Uh, they do get away though after a lengthy stroll and with the ice cream man's backstory firmly established, it's time to get back to the kids. Now, unfortunately for them, they ride their bikes directly into the path of the ice cream man who quickly grabs the fake fat kid when they try to get away because we've already established that he's bad at bike riding. Yeah, he can't ride as fast as the others because of his chubbiness. And so the it was actually a kind of fun like idea where the ice cream truck driver actually grabs him on the roll, right? Like grabs tuna off his bike, pulls him in there, and throws him right into the freezer. <laughs> yeah, man, he puts and, him on ice. Yeah. Um, and so we know tuna's kind of captured. We're kind of wondering whether he's going to harm tuna or not. I'm not sure, right? It, it almost seems like he's trying to build friends rather than he is trying to murder children. But with those kids bothering him so much, he's got to figure something out here. I assumed he killed all of them, but he's just not doing it. I think you're honest with the whole friends thing. Um, the other two Rocketeers try to get the older brother we mentioned earlier to call the cops, but he correctly points out that at this point, the cops won't believe him. So he's got a different plan. It's called vigilante justice. His girlfriend correctly points out how stupid this is. He's not a cop. And his response is, Sir. Janet, I got the gun. The badge will follow. Oh, no. That is flawless logic. <laughs> no <laughs> they problem. Had, they had tried to set up that he was trying to become a cop earlier yep. in the movie. I think in the really bad dinner scene, he'd said he was going to ticket his dad for speeding or that kind of shit, right? So we knew he has aspirations to be a police officer. No wonder he didn't want those pictures getting out, huh? Yeah. <laughs> we do <laughs> get, we did get a hilarious little clip of those pictures getting developed. So we see pictures of him bagging his girlfriend from behind. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty funny. Um, so he's going to go solve the problem, but he doesn't want to leave the kids and girlfriend behind. He's not going to do it on his own. So he shoves them all in the car. Yeah, unbelievably, though, this does not go well. The brother sneaks into the ice cream man's lair and walks right past him because he's holding a picture frame in front of his face. So I guess the uh, brother thought the ice cream man was just a picture. So fucking stupid. It was dark and creepy in there to his defense, but I, it is pretty funny. I like the setup here. The The shot of his face, of the ice cream man's face, is pretty funny. There's a nice smirk yeah. that he gives when this goes by. I like this little section. I was confused why it was so dusty and gross after the police had, like, savaged the place, but, you know. Yeah, man, there were cobwebs everywhere. Wouldn't they have gotten rid of those? They turned over the whole place. Yeah, well, clearly not. Small Paul's still in there somewhere, and they had never found him, so, you know. That's fair. Well, the brother, we don't exactly see what happens to him, but in a second, someone gets back into his car wearing his clothes, but it's not him, it's the ice cream man who quickly stabs the girlfriend through the brain. Now, that's what I call brain freeze. <laughs> yeah, he uses an ice pick that's here. Yeah, man. yeah, straight ice pick up through the chin into her head. The small children who witness this obviously are upset and 
crawl out of the windows and run away. And we get a little bit of what they call a hide-and-seek game here. Yeah, they also find a cop car, and the only thing inside it is two dead bodies with no heads, which leads to a fantastic sequence where the ice cream man basically does a puppet show with their heads. This is just delightful. Yeah, this has to be where they're leaning as hard as possible into the comedy of this shit, right? Because what he's done is he's jammed two ice cream scoops up their necks and is somehow managing to make their mouths move as he wiggles them around and talks. It's pretty funny, though. We get some bad jokes, but I think intentionally bad. Oh my god, yes. And uh, he's kind of closing in now, but several things at this point start going right for the kids. First, the fake fat kid escapes the freezer. Secondly, Small Paul sees them and decides that maybe the ice cream man is such a great dude after all. Uh, And third, they see the light on in Nurse Wharton's house and run to her for help. But most importantly of all, the cops decide to follow their hunch and go in there, which buys the fake fat kid some time. Just a little bit, though, as the ice cream man jumps off his truck and knocks them out with two ice cream scoops. (laughs) It's just crazy. (laughs) This move was hilarious. One, um, they see the ice cream man in the ice cream truck with with tuna, right? And uh, he's force-feeding him ice cream, and the cops got their guns drawn, and they're telling him to keep the kid in view. Um, and he disappears from view, and the kid crawls out, but then the ice cream guy's gone. How does he escape and climb on top while they're searching for him? I mean, they're both in the same side of the ice cream trucks, and he kind of smears ice cream on the windows. So maybe he went out the driver's side. And it's, then it's a stretch. Up, yeah. It's a big stretch. And the fact that he one-shot knocks them both out with ice cream scoops is really hilarious. It's very silly, yes. So the cops are out of commission, and Nurse Wharton, who is possibly insane enough to believe that this is really just a game of hide-and-seek, just gives up the two kids of the ice cream man. So he's got them, but luckily, Small Paul knows how to defuse all of this. He walks outside holding the ice cream man's picture of Butch Brickle, which he is powerless to resist. Seriously, he goes into a fl- weird flashback to the sanitarium and just starts walking towards the picture. In fact, he follows it all the way to his big ice cream vat where the kids somehow get him pulled in there and chopped up. I didn't really see how it happened. Yeah, it was interesting. So he gets lured there by the picture of the ice cream king, right? Um, and he gets right up to that vat and it's small Paul who plugs it in. And when he plugs it in, it seems to somehow grab a piece of the ice cream man and pull him over the edge and put him into that thing that he called his nut chopper, right? That giant one. <laughs> we get lots of sparks and we see it spinning around a bunch and we kind of know we got our resolution here, right? The town is now safe from the ice cream man. It's interesting, though, because he didn't seem a threat to those children. I mean, he was still chasing and and playing games with them, but do you think he was going to hurt them? At that point, I mean, he did put the fake fat kid in the freezer for who knows how long. That's extremely dangerous. That kid could have suffocated. That's true. That's true. So he was sort of losing his grip on keeping those kids safe. Uh, Did you hear what Paul said when he plugged in the... Uh, the mixer. I didn't. What was it? Use the pipe. I will now ice cream dick. Oh, I did. Yes, I do <laughs> remember that actually. Now that you but said the it, delivery yeah. was actually pretty good. It was like yeah. almost one of the best. Like I go get them lines in the whole movie. I thought ice it was good. cream dick. That's hilarious. Uh, so yeah, man, we wind things down here. It seems like everything is good. Everyone's all smiles the next day, and the Rocketeers officially add that kid Roger to their group. I'm not really sure why I didn't really do anything, but whatever. But things take a sudden turn when he asks where Small Paul is. The answer, therapy. And we cut to a dark room, small Paul facing away from the camera. And as we zoom closer, we see that he's churning something. But what could it possibly be? Ice cream. And the last (laughs) thing we see is him turning towards the camera with a haunting smile. And then... 
freeze frame. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Ooh, we're no, out. I have to assume this was meant to set up the sequel, Ice Cream Man 2, Electric Boogaloo. If only. <laughs> I hope it happened. It did not. Oh, uh, no. that's too bad. I, I, there's some promise in this. There's something. Yeah, it's got a weird, yeah. like, uh, I'm not saying that Clint Howard needed to star in more movies. In fact, I'm not sure whoever had that idea. I kind of feel like this put that put that idea to bed, but I still. Don't, I know, don't think so. No, I nothing think, ventured. Nothing ventured. I think Clint Howard stars in a bunch of horror movies. Like stars in? Like yeah. Oh, yeah, I think so. I think he has the main roles in a bunch of other stuff before. After 1995? I think I before after, and yeah. after this, right? I don't know. We'll see. I, we should look up some more of Clint Howard's stuff. I mean, we know he's been in all of his brother's films, but there's there's a bunch of other stuff that he was in, too. I've enjoyed him in many cameos. Austin Powers, for example. He's funny in that and other stuff. I don't know. Like you know, I like where stuff. he pops up in the Adam Sandler movies, too. I'll tell you what I would have loved is a Ron Howard cameo. That's a missed opportunity right here. Ooh, in this movie? Yeah, get yeah. Ron in here for a scene. Maybe he was the, like, therapist at the end. He wouldn't you touch this thing with a 10-foot waffle cone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a great crafted waffle cone. The props department, <laughs> can't believe for it. that head, that the that props department great. gets a lot of cheers from me for that, that head movie. in there. Yeah, it's so, so oh, good. God damn. So that's it. I, like, we're out, and uh, I don't know what else to say about this, really. It's just... Uh, it's just really something. Why don't we head to our ratings? The way we always do this, we rate the movie on a scale of 1 to 10 two times. 1 to 10 for how bad it is. 1 to 10 for how enjoyable. And the goal is to find movies that are a 10 out of 10 on both scales, or as we call it, the Crit 20. And for me, I have not rated this until right now. I'm trying to think of the best way to do it. Uh, it's got to be a 10, right? Like, I, <laughs> it's, a, it's a B movie. It's low production value. It's not a particularly logical or well-crafted story. Uh, your praise of Clint Howard's performance aside, some of the acting's pretty bad. And like, I don't know, man. There's so many times when clearly he should have been discovered, caught, more alarm bells should have been raised. They just don't happen. It's kind of nonsensical. I kind of feel like I have to give it a 10. I kind of don't want to, but I just think it sort of is. What do you think? Yeah, it's interesting, right? Um, I think sometimes it's more difficult to give the enjoyability rating. I talk about that a lot. Um, in this one, to give a bad rating, I think I'm with you. It's got to be a 10, right? The writing is really bad. The acting performances are horrible. Everyone seems like an extra. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Literally everyone seems like an extra uh, except for Clint Howard. Right. The only other actor I recognize even a little bit was the minister. The minister. Yeah. yeah. He's been in some stuff. Um, the children are okay. I actually, think, I actually think the girl yeah. is the best actor in the whole movie. Yeah. She does a pretty good yeah. job. The Heather character, the police were atrocious. Fuck. They're bad. Yeah. They might be the worst in this. Um, they had so many extras in that weird um, sanitarium X section too. That was really bad. The parts of this that might pull it out of the 10 might have been some of the humor and creativity around the kind of like killing and the props department, but it's still not there. It's still too cheap, um, too much organ music, too much music for tone, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> too on the nose, um, but it, it, it was a 10 bad movie for sure, I think so. That doesn't mean it wasn't enjoyable. Well, I was going to say, yeah. some of the things you're mentioning as things that might pull out of a 10, those are going to highly factor into my enjoyment rating. What did you have this as for enjoyment? Never seen this before. What a delightful thing to watch on a warm Saturday afternoon. <laughs> Drinking a sort of uh, ice cream flavored beer. like yeah. Just a tremendous thing to be doing. 
Uh, I have been complaining that we haven't been watching enough horror, and horror comedy is just so fun to me. I have this... Uh, well, so here's the things that I, I really enjoyed. I liked the fact that he like wasn't killing the kids and that he was sort of cleaning uh, yeah. up the town. You got I really, like some you're, of the, you're on Team Ice Cream, man. You yeah, really got oh, this yeah. camp here. Yeah. This is very similar to uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night for me, right? Having that kind of feeling of cheering for that person. There is a, a reason why you might be cleaning it up. You understand the backstory. It didn't feel like too long or stretched out. I felt like the timing's good. Well, fuck, dude. It's 86 minutes. Yeah. Other like, than that sanatorium scene, there wasn't a ton. I was like, why did you include this? But overall, I enjoyed watching it. I, I think I would give it an 8 for enjoyability. Okay, okay. That's a little bit higher than me. I have it as a 7 for enjoyability. The As you mentioned, the scene with the cops in the sanitarium, that was just straight padding. Like, those guys were walking so slowly, and as they're walking so slowly, I'm like, how long is this movie again? And then I saw it. I'm like, they're doing this to stretch it out to 86. You can't go much lower than 86 and maintain respectability. So I'm like, all right, that's the point of that. There were some funny parts. The head in the ice cream cone fucking killed me. That was amazing. Yeah, that was um, The puppets were pretty funny. The puppet part was fucking great. Yeah, man, I don't know. Like, it was some good laugh. It was not really scary, per se, but again, kind of that horror comedy vibe. I have it as a seven for enjoyable. Still enjoyed it. I could probably watch this again. Yeah, I think so. I think it would be fun to watch. I think it'd be more fun to watch with someone who hadn't seen it again. Yes, definitely. Like, get some more opinions yeah. on it. I don't, I, for me, though, I don't know if the Clint Howard experiment needs another round. I think might oh, have for me. So you know what? I'm willing to see some more Clint Howard starring movies. I'm <laughs> ready to see what else yeah. is in that horror genre with him. Now, you gave it a seven. Was that including the freeze frame? Great point by you. I almost forgot my own rule. No, you're right. That was a straight seven. So with the added bonus of the freeze frame, <laughs> it will be an eight enjoyable. We have the same rating. Uh, so yeah, uh, ice cream, man, we forgot to mention, this is another fantastic release from the fine folks at vinegar syndrome. They just give us so much fuel for this thing. We love the vinegar syndrome folks so much. Oh yeah. You can't say enough high praise about vinegar syndrome. How about high praise for this beer? I, I was nervous. We mentioned this at the start. I'm not a strawberry guy. Strawberry factors in the Neapolitan. I'm not an Imperial stout guy. And this is an Imperial stout, but you know what? This was a lot less kind of, uh, <laughs> imperially than like most of the imperial stouts it had a sweetness the strawberry wasn't so detectable that took me out of it i enjoyed this little guy i drink this little guy again yeah i really really liked it i thought the strawberry was kind of up front i I got kind of like strawberry jam notes but then i felt like the chocolate took over after that um the vanilla i it's hard to tell in there i think the other flavors are too strong uh to to pull that one out maybe that's more just goes along with the creaminess of the beer yeah, maybe. talk about it in that way. What I thought was genius was the size of this can. It's adorable. Well, not only is it adorable, it is the perfect amount for a, an Imperial Stout. Yeah, I don't feel drunk right now. If I drank a tall can of this, I'd be shit-faced. But not even drunk. Like, the sweetness of some of these Imperial Stouts yeah. makes it so that you can only consume a small amount of it them. It is a little overwhelming. Yeah. Absolutely. I always try to split them with others. When I get a yeah. tall can of yeah. that shit, I never want to have a full one. And so this, as a half-tall can, is the perfect amount of stout for me i love that idea i want to see that happen at more breweries it's a cool idea it's an adorable can and like i said this beer i I did get a little kind of hint of like something fruity at the beginning but it wasn't so clearly strawberry that took me out of it so i enjoyed this i would drink this again i think that you're right this is the perfect size for that um i tried a few other prince eddie's beers and i found them very tasty and refreshing so you know what check it out prince eddie's in uh picton you think yeah picton uh with prince edward county kind of Belleville, Kingston area of Ontario. If you're an Ontario person, uh, you can order them online as well. And if you're not, try to come visit and grab some. 
Well, there you go. And that's going to pretty much put a bow on this very special bonus episode. We hope that you enjoyed a little hot weather horror here in the summer with the ice cream man. Uh, We'll be back in about a month with the beginning of our third season. So uh, keep an eye out for that. We're going to have a little fan vote on what should be our first movie. I like that. Uh, We still got time for some requests. So feel free to get those out there. Where should people contact us? Yeah, on Twitter or Instagram at the BMB podcast. Yeah, so feel free to send out requests, uh, send any suggestions for beers or movies, or if you just want to shit on us for our take on the ice cream man, we're okay <laughs> with that too. Uh, you can also send emails at the Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we always love to hear from you, and we appreciate you joining us here today. I'm Cooper. And I'm Nolan. And we'll see you next time on Bad Movies and Beer. Keep it creamy. <laughs> I scream. You scream. We all scream for the ice cream man. <laughs>